We're in an overlap of seasons right now. We're in the seasons of Advent joy, and we're in a season of COVID crisis. This season we're in, the COVID crisis, social unrest, political turmoil, has taken its toll on all of us. A vaccine is coming, but it's not here yet. The election's over, but uncertainties remain. We are a nation that is deeply divided. As a nation, we're not only divided in our opinions, we are more fundamentally divided in what we accept as facts. We're divided in how we see the world and what we see as real, as true. It's as if we inhabit the same space but live in two parallel universes. We're deeply divided as a nation. And that division has infiltrated the church, the church as a whole, our church, all churches. We mistrust one another's sources of information, sources of the truth. What one person believes is true is dismissed by another as fake news. And I'm not sure we'll be able to agree on what the facts of our national crisis are, let alone agree on what they mean or what to do about them. So what can we do? Well, we can go back to the foundations of our faith. We may not be able to agree on what the facts of our national condition are, but we do have something that we can all agree on. We can agree that our God is a sovereign Lord of the universe and that he's good. He's good all the time in every situation. And we can agree that his word, the Bible, is true. We may disagree about what a particular passage means about how to best apply it in a particular situation, but we agree that God's word is true, true with a capital T. We have a source of truth that holds up under scrutiny and stands the test of time. So while we are in a season where multiple divergent and conflicting news sources try to shape our thoughts and frame our perspectives, we can look to our God who knows all and sees all for the final word about what is true, what matters, and how to live our lives in him. So this leads me to talk about the season we have entered together as a church, the season of Advent joy. Advent joy, not Advent happiness. Happiness is merely external, it's fleeting, it's ephemeral. It's self-focused, and it's not always good. Joy, on the other hand, is internal, it's selfless, it's sacrificial, it's a spiritual connection with God, and it is purely good every time. The season of Advent, by its very nature, calls us to prepare the way for Jesus, our joy-giving God, and to welcome him afresh into our lives, That's my big theme for this day, preparing the way for Jesus and welcoming welcoming him afresh into all of our life. So prepare the way. Advent is a season of intentional reflection on God, on who he is and what it means that he sent his son to save us. It's also a season of purposeful personal introspection about who we are in Christ and how we're living out our life in Christ in our day-to-day lives. So it's a season where we look hard at ourselves, where we prune and declutter our inner lives 
so that we can welcome Jesus in again, welcome Jesus into every part of our life. We join in praying David's prayer in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We ask God to search us, to search our hearts, our anxious thoughts, our ways. We ask God to see and to show us if there's anything wrong way in us. Is there any wrong way in how we think, how we use time, how we treat people, how we approach God, how we reflect his character and purpose in our day-to-day lives? And I've been trying to do this. I've been doing this. I've been reflecting on God. I've been asking God to help me take an honest look at myself. I've discovered that I have many anxious thoughts about the safety and health of my family and friends, about everyone in my church family, about all of you, how you're doing. It's harder to know, harder to stay in touch in these COVID social distancing days. I've also discovered, again using David's words from Psalm 139, that I have more than a few offensive ways within me. I'm prone to impatience and frustration and intolerance. I'm not always quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, as James 1.19 commands us to be. I have a tendency to think I'm always right, despite the fact that I've had numerous experiences of being proven wrong. So I identify with the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, verses 24 and 25. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We prepare the way by reflecting on God. Now, I write out my prayers every day, every morning, and wrestle with God through journaling. On November 4th, the day after the election, I woke up feeling heavy, tired, sad, and despair. I knew even on that day that we are still really divided as a nation. So in my journal entry on that day, I began with this. Who are you, Lord? And then I began to reflect on God and continued writing. You are my creator. You are my father. You are Yahweh, the covenant-making, promise-keeping God. You are our righteous Savior, the one who will make all things right through the sending of your Son. You are the God of justice, the God who is love. You are the one who is always there and ever-present help in time of trouble. You are my refuge and strength, my shield and my defender. You, O God, are the lover of my soul. Jesus, You are the good shepherd, you are savior, redeemer, you are wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You're the one who came to seek and to save the lost. You came into this world to seek and save me. You came into this world, took on human flesh, took up fully human life, and laid down that life as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. You, Lord Jesus, 
lay down your life to atone for my sins. Lord Jesus, we have no true hope apart from you. You are the hope of the world. Dear Jesus, you are my hope, my only hope, right and firm and the solid foundation for my life. And Holy Spirit, you are the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, and the righteous prod, the revealer and reminder of God's character and ways and truth. You are my counselor, my comforter, the one who anchors me to the Father and the Son in these days of chaos, confusion, darkness, and in despair. I ended, I ended that day's journal entry with these words. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Be ye glad, O Lou, in him. Be ye glad, O Lou, in him. This is God's last, ever final word to me. This is where God keeps leading me. Seek the Lord always. Put your hope in God. Be ye glad or loo in him. Every day, I need to remind myself of this. When the world seems bleak and empty, upside down and inside out, when I'm feeling unraveled, confused, despondent, this is the word I need to hear. This is the word that opens up my heart to Jesus. Now, the great gift of the Advent season is that it encourages us to take the opportunity to welcome Jesus afresh into our lives. But opening our lives afresh to Jesus and keeping our focus on him is easier said than done. How do we do this? That's what I want to finish with today. So turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Greek word that the NIV translates as opened her home here is hupothechomai. In other English translations, such as the English Standard Version, it's translated as welcomed him, and it has the sense of welcoming him gladly, opening up her home and her life, welcoming him gladly. To welcome somebody 
gladly is to open your life to that person. It means to focus on that person, to make that person a priority of your time and attention. Now, Martha loved Jesus deeply. We know that from a number of places in the scripture. She loved Jesus deeply. She and her sister Mary, her brother Lazarus, you know, the Lazarus that were raised from the dead by Jesus, they were part of Jesus' inner circle. Martha loved Jesus gladly. She, uh, deeply. She opened her home to him gladly. But then she got distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Well, what preparations? Well, you know, figure out the menu, start the cooking, straighten up the house, set the table, get people drinks, make sure they're comfortable, not too hot, not too cold. Preparations had to be made, but she got distracted by them. Distracted from what? She got distracted from spending time with Jesus. Martha loved Jesus. She opened her home to him. She got distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And then she got flustered, frustrated, resentful, and mad. Who did she get mad at? Well, she got mad at the people she loved the most, her sister and Jesus. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. What happened to Martha? She was trying to be hospitable and welcoming to Jesus and disciples, but in the process, she got so distracted with what she thought she had to do that she lost track of why she was doing what she was doing in the first place. She lost track of who she loved. She missed out then on the opportunity to be with the person she loved. She lost track of the opportunity to be with Jesus. Now, how many of you can relate to Martha? I can. I I can surely relate with her. In my journal entry from November 20th, I began with, Father, I am so easily distracted, so prone to waste precious time. Waste time on checking emails and texts and reading my news feeds. I even waste time cleaning the kitchen. My ability to focus and concentrate is really, really low. My creative energy is shot, Lord. My Father, help me to sit at your feet and listen, moment by moment by moment, throughout this day. Help me, Lord, to be awake, alert, attentive. Help me to hear and to receive, to take in and to live out your word for me. Help me to simply listen, but to listen with every cell of my body, every ounce of my energy. Help me, Lord, to listen with my heart and mind and soul. Help me not to give in to distractions, They're simply distractions. But help me to be attentive to recognize your divine intervention, your divine distractions, the interventions and divine appointments you might have for me today. Lord, Lord, help me to sanctify all of this day to you. 
Now, that day, I wrote this journal entry about 6.30 that morning. And that day, November 20th, was when I wrote the bulk of today's sermon, the sermon you're hearing right now. It was the day I took 27 pages of notes and ideas and outlines for about five different sermons that none seemed quite right to me. That was the day I took all of that and distilled them into the four pages you're hearing today. Jesus heard my prayer for help. You've got things to do, important things, necessary things, family and friends to care for, jobs and schoolwork to do, bills to pay, meals to cook, dishes to watch, gutters to clean, lawns to mow, laundry to wash, texts and emails to answer. Jesus knows this. But you have a choice to make. You can do them on your own, or you can take them to Jesus and offer them to him and do them with him. And my advice, do them with Jesus. It always works better that day. Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, and she got busy doing good things, things she thought she was supposed to do, things she saw as part of her job, things people in her culture would have expected her to do, things she knew needed to be done and that she thought wouldn't get done if she didn't do them. She got good things done, but she missed out on the best thing, Jesus. Each of us needs to clear the clutter from our schedules that prevent us from unhurried time with Jesus. We need to think of our time and schedule like we think of our money and resources. It's not ours, it's God's. So we need to make God, time with God, a priority in our daily schedules. If we don't give God space to speak to us, other voices will grab our attention and dominate our lives. We need to choose what's best. If we don't declutter our lives so that we have time to be with God, our love for him will grow cold and we will give our love and devotion to lesser things. We will become susceptible to the idols of our culture, greed and pride, lust for power and acclaim, self-centeredness, and to the temptations of our flesh. We need to ask God to help us to make space for him in our lives. We need to welcome Jesus in. We need to sit and listen. We listen to his voice through reading and reflecting on his word. So take time each day to read the Bible in a space that is quiet and not distracting. Put away your phones and tablets. Do not try to multitask. Do not try to multitask. I plead with you. Now, I try to read my Bible and write my journal each morning. I write out my prayers to God and record what I think God might be saying to me as I pray. I don't do this because it's what Christians are supposed to do. I do it because 
these disciplines are my lifeline. They anchor me to Jesus, who is my life. Jesus wants to be your lifeline, too. So please, please, let him. Now, some of you may have noticed that the journal entries I quoted from came before this Advent season started. The sermon you're hearing today was actually recorded on November 22nd, before Advent started. But Advent joy is both a yearly season in the church's worship calendar and it's a daily state of mind for the followers of Jesus. We can welcome Jesus afresh into our lives daily. In this season of COVID crisis, division, and despair, we hold on to Advent joy. We hold on to Jesus. So I end with this prayer. Lord Jesus, we welcome you afresh into our lives this day. We open our homes, our hearts, all of ourselves, all of who we are to you today, Lord. This day, we open to you. We welcome you in. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and fill us. Come and shape us. Come, heal and reconcile and save us, O God. O Jesus, we welcome you gladly this day. May this be the prayer we offer, each of us offers to Jesus daily. Amen. Thank you.